looking at uh, the show like they look at a promo for Big Brother. I mean, it's exciting, it's fresh, and when the big night comes and people actually have a closer look and they look at the detail and they get a better understanding of what the show's actually about, they actually realise that it's a load of crap. campaign t-shirts mirror the latest poll results. It's Kevin in 07. The government's far from impressed. Oh, look, people are looking at Kevin Rudd 
the, the way they look at uh, Big Brother. In that, um, oh, why am I saying that? Big Brother's rubbish. Uh, yes, Big Brother is rubbish. You know, people quite like Big Brother, don't they? Yeah, but just say it's crap. Like Kevin Rudd's crap. Yes, uh, Kevin Rudd is crap. Sorry, I think Mr. Lincoln the chain, I think. Well, exhibit A, desperation. Peter Dutton. In news poll, Labor's vote even increased, back to a 12-point lead. John Howard refuses to let the fog of despair get to him. No, well, I'm not letting the fog of despair right. get me down. That's, uh, all very well, but we... Simply wanted to know the title of your favourite song by Smash Mouth. Parliament, another rabbit out of the hat. Look at it. It's going for the bit of lettuce. Remember for Melbourne. Rabbit is irrelevant. What I'm saying to you is we've got a streamline. Got it, eh? Though Kevin Rudd is against the imposed streamlining, Peter Beattie is meeting fierce opposition. I just say to the people in Sydney and Melbourne, yeah, you Adelaide, what you Perth, are, Peter, you're all Hobart, why should you be paying yeah. for some political trickery by the Prime Minister? Look, there's no trickery here, Peter. That's what you have to understand. Tell me, is this your watch? In the party room, the Prime Minister gave his troops a pep talk. But cracks are beginning to appear. Tasmanian Liberal Senator Stephen Parry criticised the Devonport Hospital takeover in front of journalists and a Labor staffer. Is the Minister aware that government members like Senator Parry are describing the intervention into the hospital as a and claiming mercy should have been No, oh, I'm not going to take you by that with a response except to say It was hell picking up my game of, uh, game of uh, three card Monty. <laughs> it's very difficult to maneuver between studios. I feel like a little of Hobo. Yeah. Remember that show? Oh, yeah, yeah. we do. You really love that song. You had a great song. Until tomorrow, I just keep moving on. Maybe tomorrow. Yes, it's your topical friends here at Triple M. Get this. We're talking about the Kevin 07 campaign, yeah. Yeah. the uh, competition based on rhyming, yeah. basically. They've got to come up with someone in the government who's got a name that rhymes with something good. Mm. Not many. 
Arch Beavis. Is that right, Melanie? Then. <laughs> Which side is Arch Beavers on? I can never remember. He's Labour, isn't he? I just know we get a lot of calls about his name. Um, uh, oh, dear. Gee, it says here, one of our listeners, I can't even attempt that name. It's got more consonants in it than there actually are. <laughs> but he says, though, we've been driving past Arch Beavers' electoral office for years and we always burst into laughter. <laughs> Decided to take a picture of the big sign out the front the other day just to put up at work so we can continue laughing in the office. Good. Big mistake. Uh, AFP officers turned up at our work wanting to know why we'd been photographing the electoral office of Arch Beavis. When we tried to explain to him that we just like his name and think it's funny, they weren't too impressed. But they placated them with a game of guess or guess who. <laughs> Thank you very much, Shailen Nakistan, but the guy should be at the Carpenton. Unquote. <laughs> Do you think that's a real name? Yeah. yeah. I, I noticed Alexander Downer has weighed in on the Kevin 07 campaign. Is he for it? No, he says uh, Kevin 07 is all style over substance. Uh, he labels the uh, website and the t shirts as a new American style stuff. He's just copying the Americans, says Mr. Downer. They're just copying the Americans. That's all. Oh, hang on. Yes, Mr. Bush? Yes, where would you like to send some troops? Sure. Whatever you, what, what, whatever you're having, they'll be fine. Yeah, same as you. He's just not being the American. Last week, uh, Kevin Rudd uh, had the cattle prod on standby at 7.30. He got two feet by half. Well, yeah. uh, very much the same thing when you put on the Kevin Rudd T-shirt. Lots of static electricity. <laughs> right. It really hurts. Very dangerous. Got to be careful with your electioneering. It's looking very topical, though, Rich. Hey, hey, Put it on again. I enjoy that. Uh, he's got a second one in the breach. Mm-hmm. Come on, Rich. It's tough when we switch studios. It is, isn't it? Yeah, everything on standby now. Speaking of topical and up to date, the Sheffield Shield. What's it called now? The Pura oh, Cup. The Pura Cup. No, not good enough. We want it back how it was. I mean, I understand changing it from Sheffield to Pura gets some sponsorship. But why did the Shield have to change to a cup? Yeah, people like the Shield. There's nothing better than getting presented with a Shield. I think if you win, you know, Las Vegas, I went to the Excalibur uh, show. What an amazing, fantastic. Look, I think most of the fighting is real, Richard. I mean, the, the Prince of Austria, he was having a real crack at the Prince of Bavaria the night I was there. Well, all like the beat. <laughs> so it was like the cable guy. Many yeah, years absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Red night going down. Oh, red night went down. People yeah. like a shield. We have the Rand Burley shield in New Zealand, which What's is that for rugby players. Uh, How did you know that? Uh, just because it's got a shield in it. I just I note down anything with a shield, really. At school, we used to get the school banking shield. The banking shield. Whichever class put the most one or two cent pieces into their account this week, got the wooden banking shield. It was the envy of wooden. Are they a wooden shield? <laughs> Tiny brass shields all over it, saying who won the shield last night. Pretty good. So many shields. So many shields. People love the Sheffield Shield. Yeah, yeah. right behind our campaign. And what they do enjoy is your readings from the, is it autobiography? The autobiography of Timmy Dura, yes. uh, Australia's second best wicketkeeper for years. Mm. The gloves are off now for the facts. Oh, can we have another reading? Let's hear some right now. The English tabloid, renowned for the biggest beat-up stories in the world. And the Australian players misbehaved throughout the tour and accused us of insulting air hostesses, throwing backs. But I did throw the ball down in disgust at Spencer Schala. We never urinated in a swimming pool and manhandled the district commissioner. Oh, I can't play cricket and can't tell the truth. Oh, wow. That's 
fashion yes, yes. <laughs> Nobody knows more about fashionable clothing clearly than radio announcers on the FM band. Wow. Let's get dressed up next on Get This. <laughs> get This with Counting the Beat on Triple M around the nation. That's right. I said Get This. They're calling it Bog Henge. Who insists on that? Nonsensical. Got an email here from uh, one of our listeners, Paul Morrison. There's a sensible name. He's driving around and in this and Navarra listening to this show. They've got a sponsor. Good on you, Paul. Huge pulling power, rugged good looks, four beverage holders, insane amount of storage space, mm-hmm. allowing you to attack the weekend as you might attack the workday. Yeah. Listen to this. He drives around listening to the show. He wants to get right behind the Warwick camper running for Mirror of the Gold Coast campaign. How so? He's keen to see the porno tape. Well, that's uh, something else there, Paul. He wants to get along to the uh, DJing gig. Okay, you know, this is good, yes. Where the music is, quote, heavy, loud, but not too homosexual. And he says, what about, here's another campaign for you guys to get behind up here in Queensland. Former Queensland Sheffield Shield coach, Greg Rowell. Greg Rowell. Is the Labor candidate for Mayor of Brisbane. Yeah. If he put on uh, 50 kilos, he'd be pretty close to a Mayor Quimby lookalike, says Paul. Stuff. On the wheel of the Navarra. All right, we're, behind, we're one of his four beverage holders. So we're, uh, we're behind the Rao tilt for Mayor of Queensland, are we? I don't know, because I'm a big supporter of Ed Harris, the current Mayor of Brisbane. Mm. Well, the motto, go the Rao. That's not bad. Yep. I like that. Go the route. Okay. Could catch on. Yeah. Uh, I can see why he got stuck from the Liberal Party, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> and Arch Beavis is, of course, on the Labor side of the house. Brilliant. We know what we're talking about. A lot of people calling in about Warwick Capper's appearance in the film Fortress. Oh, yes. Daniel Vine says, get out Fortress on, well, I'm assuming only VHS. Is it? Yeah. It made the leap to DVD. Oh, I haven't seen it. Mm. No. Get our researchers onto that. There's plenty of um, copies of Here and Nightly as... What's her name from Pride and Prejudice? Pride and Prejudice, if you're looking for it. Oh, you're right. It does very good, Watson. So equine. 11 minutes and 27 seconds into Fortress with Christopher Lambert, Warwick Pepper appears wearing a blue jumpsuit, prison overalls, clutching a bedroll. He looks on in horror as a man's intestines explode in front of him. The only good thing about his two to three second appearance would be his long blonde locks. Oh, my long blonde locks. <laughs> there you go. Okay, important issues covered. What about fashion? You said bedroll. Uh, y- yeah. How about fashion? Um, <laughs> I was just wondering what you said then. Was my bedroll. Oh, your bedroll. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good bench. Transportable version. Um, I got an email from a listener. This is great. Um, and this was a couple of months ago. I can't believe we missed this, but uh, Dr. Martin Shoes. Yes. Dr. Yeah. Martin Shoes, very famous. Mm. They actually sacked their advertising company, Saatchi and Saatchi, mm. because they used a, they had an ad campaign mm. featuring dead rock stars. Did you hear about that? No, no. So they had like a vision of heaven with clouds and what have you and angels in the background. And they used Joey Ramone from the Ramones, oh. uh, Joey Strummer from the Clash, Sid Vicious from the Sex Pistols, and uh, Kurt Cobain, all wearing Dr. Martin's boots. Oh, yeah. dear. And I'm not sure, I mean, it's not exactly the most tasteful of ad campaigns. No. Um, I'm not exactly sure what the angle was on it. I'm thinking maybe it's something like, you know, you would wear Dr. Martin's as their heavenly boots. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and there's still got an element of rock and roll. And they're also factually wrong, apparently, because, well, Joey Ramone's brother said that Joey was actually Jewish. Right. So, quote, putting him in heaven isn't exactly kosher. Oh, he said, Kurt. Um, also factually wrong because Kirk Cobain wouldn't be in heaven because he was the one who introduced Courtney Love to the world. Bang! That is true. <laughs> it's factually wrong. 
That's really? why Saki and Saki were given a heave high. Saki and Saki were some coins. Yeah, absolutely. John English wasn't very happy that he was at that ad because, of course, he's not dead. But um, <laughs> he got in there. I don't know why they put him in there. Yeah. Reaching for coins, are you ready? Mm-hmm. Give yourself some. Change for a dollar in the middle of the week. Things are bad. People say, can we play What Would Greg Fleet Do While Greg Fleet Isn't Here? Paul Clifford, uh, he's finding it uh, increasingly difficult to, um, well, attract women. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He saw Greg Fleet recently on the Great Comedy Debate, which oh, I yeah. was uh, on Sunday night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Doing a stunning rendition of a Pogue song with sock puppets. <laughs> I wanted advice. How, how did that relate to the topic of the debate exactly? From what I heard, it had nothing to do with the topic of the debate. The usual. Yeah, good on your feet. He wants to know uh, whether he can impress women with sock puppets. <laughs> Is that too creepy? Yes. Please yeah. help me, Obi Wan Kafliti. <laughs> You're my only hope. <laughs> there, I there. I reckon the Star Wars party first port of call. Yeah. Get rid of them. <laughs> Get the socks off. I don't know how sock puppets are going to work. I've got socks on my head, and I'm doing Star Wars fun. Ladies, black ladies, back. <laughs> Well, I don't know what Greg Fleet would do. He'd probably mention uh, an obscure author <laughs> and then run off to the toilet for no apparent reason. <laughs> All right, uh, the listeners have plenty of suggestions for us today. And what is our big topic du jour? Something I think you've come up with here. No, no, these are both Richard's phone topics today. Oh, two marvellous special. Yeah, what do you got for us, Rich? Uh, well, t- discontinued feuds. Feuds or feuds? Discontinued feuds. I'm always in a few feuds. Yeah. Try me and war. We're going to sort it out. Food <laughs> <laughs> stuff. Discontinued food. Yeah, sounds like heavily, but it's not. Yeah. Think about what's been discontinued that you want back. That'll be next. Around the nation on Triple M, powered by that 4x4, that rugged-looking 4x4, the Nissan Navara and podcast. Yes, we've got them. 113 is up on the grid now. Triple M.com.au. Get this, go to the podcast department. Who's in it, Tony? Well, there's a photo. There's a very fine photo. I'm not sure if it's been moved yet. On the podcast page, you go there. Huge photo of Richard Martin. I just think I don't remember that. And then you're just peeking in from the side. Oh, yeah. Why do you way onto the podcast? But that was you guys rolling up late to the photo shoot. I was there on time. I'm keen. I'm hungry. But it was in Adelaide. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't. And I passed myself off as you. Yeah. <laughs> there are so many treats in store, not just at the Get This page, but the whole damn Triple M arrangement on the internet. Mm. So many things going on, so many bells, so many whistles. <laughs> Check them out. What about iTunes? They've also got Podcast 113. What's in there? Well, two cute by half. Oh, if you'd like to hear Kevin Rudd being electrocuted several times in a row, 113 is the podcast for you. Borgus, full disturbing detail. Yes. Or injuries have started coming in. Yes, I'll talk about them later. We'll oh, get to them. Uh, what about, uh, well, the latest um, on my feed? Uh, uh, what have you seen is in there? Kappa's Caboodle. That's uh, full graphic details of the new Warwick Kappa um, work of cinema. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, Italian politicians on the job. There's plenty in there. It's actually our longest podcast yet. Good time. 113. But, you know, we mentioned Kevin Rudd, and yep. people are suggesting that John Howard is having his ass kicked by the Kevin O'Seven 7 t-shirts. That is the view of some people. I reject that totally. Yeah, what do you think, Dick? Big trouble. 
Yeah, he's in big trouble. Now, I've instructed him to uh, change his name to John Johanna. What? Yeah, no, 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 no. It's something that uh, we've been working on. Really? I've got some, I've got some lyrics here. Oh, you're going to do his new campaign song? This is a new campaign song. John Howard is finished, much like Puff Daddy. P. Diddy is here. John Howard as John Johanna. Here are the lyrics. Richard, hit me with some guitars. cinema, as a matter of fact, in my hometown of Adelaide. Oh, yes. Uh, legendary cinema, the uh, Wallace Academy mm. in Highmarsh Square. Mm. Saw E.T. there for the first time when I was a kid. Oh. Right all the way to the car park. Saw Pulp Fiction on the first day that it opened. Oh. Right all the way to the car park. Right. So it's very sad. It's being turned into townhouses, surprisingly, mm. and inner city living. Mm. Um, but, uh, no, 31 years it's been opened. First film, The Eagle has landed with Michael Caine. Oh, yes. The world premiere of Breaker Morant and Shine was held there. That is pretty good history. Um, title, title film Die Hard 4.0. Jerry Gatney, um, yeah, no, that was actually my first date. I saw Terminator 2 there with a girl called Marta. How'd you go? Uh, it was in 1998. How'd you go? Uh, no, not well at all. Mm. Really? No, I had to walk into the train station. Anyway, that's just on the point. So walking into the train station, getting no action going, how did they do that, like, shiny bloke? I don't know. That naughty shiny bloke. I don't know. That's right. new? Okay, uh, yes, it is. But I, just, I don't know. It's great. <laughs> Anyone came? Well, there's a of Van Wills. Oh, Ann Wills, of course, uh, winner of the Logie for most regional personality, 75 years running. Yes. And formerly, Mr. Martin would sidekick it to Ann Wills on the Mr. Finally titled AM Adelaide. Is that how you describe it on your new biography on the website? That's right. That's oh, right. if you want to know the Richard Martin story. Yeah, the new bio. Yeah, it's a good page. So there's Ann. From the uh, in the advertiser there, right? Well, so, so they would have had they'd be discontinuing cinema snacks. Yeah, but that's discontinued food. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Mm. What about your toppy popcorn? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't serve that anymore. Remember that it used to come in a solid block, mm. and they give you a chisel to try and eat it. <laughs> I used to like the ice creams you get at the cinema, where if you held it up and looked across it, the actual curve of the ice cream bit was almost indetectable. You know, there was just a tiny bit of chocolate and ice cream sticking up over the top of the coat. That's how little there was in there. Yeah, it was a jib, wasn't it? Yeah. But they can't get away with that anymore. No. No, not with the internet. (laughs) 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 They can't get away with anything thanks to this damn internet. (laughs) All right. This continues, but it's not just at cinemas, though. Can I I chime in here? Yeah, yeah. You know, bounty bars, full mm. yeah. of coconut goodness. Mm. Do you remember tropical bounty bars? Mm. No. no, no, no. Well, the, the good fellows of bounty went back into the jungle mm. and, and, and dredged out all sorts of papaya, uh, rock melon, melon stuff, and little berries, <laughs> and they mashed them all up and brought out a yellow insided bounty bar. Oh, I don't know about that. Mm. 
It's only about yellow rice. It's just a lot of pudding. It's rice? It's coconut. Sorry. Rice in a bounty bar? You know, man, your mum sends you off to school with bounty bars, just rice wrapped in bar. Got a home brand counter. Delicious. What about a tiny box of self-hardened? You can still get that on, I think. Yeah, yeah. If you want them. If you want it to be beaten up, that's what you need in one of the segments of your lunchbox. But no, I think the discontinued food we get the most emails about here is the Patsy Works Burger. Tower Burger. The Tower Burger, sorry, pardon me. Was so about, that, about eight works burgers on top of each other. It went um, chicken, okay, mayonnaise. You're going to do it Hang on, <laughs> just let me get to the end. Chicken. I'll start again. Chicken, <laughs> lettuce, mayonnaise, the city apartments, cheese, <laughs> rice, rice, hash brown, bark, box of sultana, gymnasium, <laughs> roof garden, home cinema. <laughs> John Gilgood <laughs> in the nutty, no reason. And now, gone a burger, gone from our shores, but alive and well in Europe. <laughs> Milinkovic says, "G'day guys, just been to Europe, got myself a tower burger in right. London, Paris, and Barcelona. <laughs> what a trip!" So anyway, London, Paris, and Barcelona. Yeah, it's a good one. They should have that, you know, like for fashion. You know, have like DK and Y, New York, Paris, Rome. They should have that for the tower burger. <laughs> Wow. Hey, anyone? Okay. I seem to remember we heavily flagged a fashion segment. Oh, yeah. What happened earlier in this hour? Did you just dog Martins? It just went, no, we can't oh, do that. Oh, it's been all about fashion today with the new rug shirts and what have you. We had a call from Jamie mm-hmm. as well on uh, saying the Pop Rocks. You can't you can get Pop Rocks. You know why? Because Mentos and Diet Coke have stolen their thunder? No. <laughs> <laughs> They're exploding thunder? Uh, no. Because, uh, unfortunately, the, the young the young fellow that advertised him in America... No, that's an... ...choked on them. No, that's true. That's an... How do you know? I've heard that one. No, he had the Pop Rocks, and then he uh, he drank a can of Coke yeah. or something. Yeah, and he exploded. Yeah, his head exploded. I've seen it on YouTube. <laughs> the guy from the <laughs> arena had his cheeks just inflated <laughs> to the size of a giant balloon. I know that guy. He's had a lot of surgery to get that fixed. Everything that happens in an ad. Can happen in real life. That's true. All right, this is nonsensical. I've got one the Monaco bar. Oh, where's the Monaco oh, bar gone? It's in the Monaco oh, bar. It, it was ice cream within two oh, biscuits. So I've got sensitive teeth, oh, so it was a great way to eat ice cream. He has got sensitive teeth. Oh, you poor old You'll often just see them listening to an in your album on their own in our office. Let me ask you this, Richard. How do you eat a Monaco bar? Well, you just in, in big chunks. No. You grab it and you sort of you sort of lick the perimeter. No. Uh, okay. Creating a, a, a sort of a biscuit balcony. Yeah. And then get your, your tongue underneath and chew out from underneath itself. Yeah, but they're saying the Maxibon now is taking the Monaco in this place. Yeah. But I, no, I can't take the Maxibon. It's not bells and whistles, the Maxibon. Heat the Monaco bar wanting more. That's what, what you've got to do. <laughs> What a great topic. I think if you write the alphabet with your tongue, it like that. I don't. <laughs> Sorry, it's fellow. You know the Monaco bar. Call us with your favourite discontinued food stuff, the one you really miss. <laughs> don't say Works Burger. Don't say Tower Burger. No. That Works Burger shouldn't have even have been brought into this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Call us now on Triple Three Five Three. Triple A. What would make it more beautiful? Perhaps the return of a favourite old discontinued food stuff. Who's got one here? Hi, Loretta. Hi, how are you? Uh, excellent, how are you? Very well. What, are you, would you, what would you like to see? Well, back? my, my uh, favourite would be um, that I would love to get back is the cappuccino flavoured gate oh, line. Yeah. 
Yeah, but it's quite a big bucket of birdie. Away <laughs> they go. A whole lot of cocaine on the top. And you remove that. Birdie beetle. All birdie. Ah, underneath. Hello, Troy. Hey, how you doing? Excellent, sir. What are we missing out on? Well, I'll tell you in a sec, but there's some good news. Birdie beetles are actually now owned by Nestle Wonka, and you can get them at Woolworths and that sort of thing. Hey, Nestle yeah. Wonka. Thanks very much. Troy and Chantal never hooked up as we are. Oh, hey, you know. Uh, I'm not even sure if Orlando Bloom was in Troy. I'm just the, I've got a terrible feeling. Hey, he's in me, man. He makes such a li- so little impression on me, mm-hmm. I can never tell if he's been in a film or not. Yeah, he's like a light miss. I wish he'd become a discontinued actor. Absolutely right. Troy, what, enough of Tony's bizarre obsession with Orlando Bloom. What, uh, what are we missing out on? So when I was a wee tacker, I remember um, Smurf Ice Blocks. I'm talking about the late 70s, early 80s. are known as Mr. Marsland. Oh, I don't know. The Schlumps. The Schlumps. They are Schlumps. <laughs> that sounds like so much fun. No. And in, uh, in, in France, the care base are known as the Calinours. Well, we're learning today. Thank you to everyone who contributed. We could have said a lot more. I can see quite a list of just it again. Thanks on the line there. Thanks to everyone who took part in the next hour. Oh, look, author, broadcaster. Author of Gangster, a very fine novel called Players. Mm. You don't often hear me recommending something that's about football. No. Give that a read and meet the author next. Tony Wilson. Old and snooky and dishonest and out of touch. Uh, that's your uh, divinals here at 
get this around the nation on Triple M. It's the second hour, and he's here again. He's a broadcaster. He's an author. The novel Players, a new book for the younger reader, Harry Highpants. You might remember him years ago on Race Around the World. It's Tony Wilson. <laughs>
Yeah, you guys are great. You come up with great ones on your show. What was that movie montage one you did? Yeah, Sam Payne came up with this one. Movie montages, favourite movie montages. You got one? No, I was just saying. Sorry, sorry, that's my thought. He was in a tweet. I've known Tony. I've known Tony. I think uh, 10, things, 10 Things I Hate About You. Yeah. I had a painful montage, you know, that I like. Dumb and Dumb, a terrific playing in the snow yeah. montage that I have a lane punching people's heads in uh, at the start of Rocky 3, set to Eye of the Tiger. Rocky 4 is the superior montage in the Rocky franchise where um, you've got, uh, I think, the natural, au natural Rocky in the snow, beating <laughs> carts and uh, chopping wood and so forth, versus, uh, versus Drago and Drago. Any uh, movie, you know, no matter how disturbing, can be enlivened with a shopping montage. I remember Julia Roberts in uh, Sleeping with the Enemy. Oh, yes. Simply because Pretty Woman had been such a big hit just before, I've gone, well, she's got to have a shopping montage, and this is when she's fighting from a serial killer in a small town. She can go shopping, though, can't she? So she's trying on clothes to brown-eyed girls while fleeing from her stalking serial killer husband. The idea was flagged in big time as well, you know? So let's put a shopping montage in. All right, how can we improve films with montages? No, that is not our topic today. We have plenty of them coming up. We're going to rope you into it, Tony. Forced to wear things as a kid. With, did you fit into that category? Forced to wear a sailor suit. My mum dressed me up. Whenever a, a dress-up party came around, even at the age of 21, she had me a gypsy outfit. Oh, <laughs> well, think about what you were forced to wear. Don't call yet. That'll be later. Just a bit of harmless sizzle. Here again, there's... Here again, this on Triple M, Tony Wilson, the author of Harry Pants. Book of the Year is with us. Can I talk sport for a second? Yeah. <laughs> Is that all right? Because sure, uh, one of the best days I've had this year, Tony, was at a community radio charity event. Well, Triple R and PBF play an event called the Community Cup against the Rock Dogs. Yeah, this is in, in Melbourne. In Melbourne, right. Okay. At, uh, down at the Junction Oval, which is uh, Melbourne Football Club's home training base. And they get 20,000 people there. 21,000 people there. Right, so you've got the Ford line of community radio, yep. and then the Rock Dogs. Is that Triple M? Is that us? No, 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 from the Esplanade Hotel, the oh, legendary right. hotel in, uh, in, in, in St Kilda in Melbourne. Yeah. And there were Tex Perkins, no, Tex Perkins was playing. Korea from Spider-Bait was in their lineup. Yeah. I thought Tim Rogers kick an amazing goal from the pocket. Got voted best on ground. Won the Connolly medal. Yeah. Yeah. And, you, and you, Tony Wilson, you cut an amazing figure on the field because you're a big unit. But you went down pretty early yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I did a hamstring in the first 10 minutes. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Which brought our game, because I've actually played for 10 years. Yeah, yeah. Not football. And I, um, I'm meant to be the experienced sort of leader out there, but I ended up leaving it to 45-year-old Hacks, who mainly just talked on radio. And how did this play go? No, I didn't, I didn't get to play, Tony, because I'm on your, your commercial radio, not your, not your community radio. Oh, okay. Uh, it definitely would be a tough sell. He's the KFC guy, and he's on Triple M. <laughs> We don't know. Thank God you're here, community TV show. It's on tonight, is it not? It's on tonight. Thank God you're here. Ross Noble's on tonight. Ross Noble. Kelly's on tonight. You've got Frank Woodley. Frank Woodley. And who else is in there? Julius and Julius Amiro. Julius Amiro. Amazing. The thing I wanted to bring up, Tony, was I saw you standing on the sidelines after 10 minutes, obviously, pretending to be hurt with a few beers in your hand. And there was a great goal kick, but people hang around the goal line. The people literally stand there, you know, cheering, and this guy kicked a ball, and it hit this the ball, hit this kid in the face so hard. You've never seen anything like it. But the best thing about the day, because it's a community event, probably 30 or 40 people, grown-ups, pointed and laughed at it. <laughs> <laughs> 
and some people would have had the videos running and are in now in the running for $10,000 for a free channel. Tony, we're big enough here at Get This to admit that we don't mind uh, stealing the odd good idea from community radio. Here's uh, one we haven't had the guts to steal from you yet, but it's a beauty. Do you play on your uh, station excerpts from Burt Reynolds? Yeah. Autobiography talking book version. My Life, released in 1994 when Bert was almost at his nadir. He yeah. was in all sorts of trouble. So it's pre Boogie Nights. It's pre Boogie Nights. His career is pretty much, he thinks it might not be going that well. Evening Shade's gone all right for him. But, <laughs> uh, but put it this way, he's, he's having to bring up Cop and a Half. A few projects that didn't go quite as well. But he's the most magnificently. Uh, self-congratulatory man. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love a talking book recommendation for a long drive. Obviously, to get this uh, Bakersfield podcast, it's the number right. one recommendation, but uh, obviously you've got your Robert Evans autobiography. That's right. one yeah. of the, the yeah. funniest voices to hear in your car. Yeah. What does Bert Reynolds bring to the table? Well, one thing he does do is he, when he plays himself, he puts on another voice. So, <laughs> <laughs> he's reading his own autobiography. At one point, for example, he's in a car accident when he was 19. He said, I was in the best physical show of my career. So, he, he's there. He's in a car accident, a very serious one. Oh. And all of a sudden, he starts yelling from the shell of a wrecked car, Don't tell my dad! Don't tell my dad! <laughs> and it's not his voice that he's been reading the autobiography <laughs> in. So he can't play and himself. He's cast himself as a hick yeah. in his own autobiography. And, and all lines in it are as though written in a B-grade movie script. So yeah, those the lines of his life. So I really heartily recommend My Life by Burt Reynolds. Fantastic. Yeah, I'm just trying to remember what I first saw. When I was a kid, Burt Reynolds was uh, on the TV in a show called Dan August. Is it a Western? No, it was a detective show. Uh-huh. But it was one of those shows where... Uh, I think it was a Quinn Martin production where the voiceover would read out the credits for you. Yeah. yeah. Really? Dan August, starring Burt Reynolds. <laughs> a Quinn Martin production. <laughs> the guy just read out all the credits. Good job. Great look. Best way to know who the best boy is from the other room. Yeah. <laughs> Key group. I always love any uh, credits for a show where it has and such and such as such and such. Like we need to know the character name. Do you remember the feds? Oh, yeah, yeah. Those Australian telly movies, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it'd be Angie Milliken, you know, someone else, Peter Mockery. Ooh, then it'd go with John Bache as Rainier Bass. Oh, that's who was Rainier Bass. And you go, oh, thank God, John Bache playing Rainier Bass. <laughs> Wouldn't be watching otherwise. The, the episode of uh, My Life that I'd love to send to you, Tony, is I heard on one of the podcasts that yeah. the only video your school had was a Burt Reynolds flick. So whatever the hell it was. Well, this is so long ago, in fact, it was a 35 mil print. Whenever the sports was cancelled or rained out, we would have to trace into the assembly hall and watch The End, <laughs> directed by and starring Burt Reynolds with Dom DeLuise, comedy about suicide. You know how he finishes his piece on that? He no. said, um, when I watched that video, I watched that movie and I thought, yeah, I'd work for that director again. <laughs> <laughs> and he did on Sharky's Machine. <laughs> we don't have time to get through the Paul Burt Reynolds story. We've got to talk about things you were forced to wear as a youngster. Let's do that next. Here, this is the program around the nation on Triple M. Tony Wilson, author of Harry High Pants. For the younger reader, although not necessarily, you know, no. Older readers can get into it, can't it they? It has a fascist theme in it. 
And I um, I went into a school and read Harry Highpants and said, now, one of the underlying theme theories, fascism, that you shouldn't be able to be told at what height you want to wear your pants. <laughs> uh, and then I realized I was in a place where teachers rely on the uh, on the autocratic hand from above. So <laughs> I said, of course, if a teacher tells you to do something, of course you should do it. Oh, I think pants up. <laughs> okay, what we're talking about, things that kids wear, that's sort of our topic today, isn't it? Or, or Richard, it's one of yours. Well, we came up with it together. Yeah, in the hot tub. Good on you. And then realized that we both had stories, because mine and nephews, have just, they did a dance concert last year. Oh, how, how old are they? Uh, they're six and four. You're old enough to remember that. They're five and seven. And because uh, my sister's a dance teacher and she has her own dance school. And so, <laughs> but they had to dress up. They were in pretty much every single show. Mm. So I've got a list here of some of the things that they dressed up as. <laughs> the Candy Man. Oh. <laughs> and I don't know. You know, Stephen King movie? No, no. it's Stephen King, but it was a horror movie. You know, right. Um, Candyman into a mirror five times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sammy Davis Jr. Uh, is reanimated from the grave, I think. True. I remember the plot of that film. Just little kids in, like, you know, candy stripes and what have you. Um, Woody from Toy Story. Uh, little birds dressed in feathers and wings for Rock and Robin. Oh, wow. That's true. And the list goes on and on, but all I can think of is the 21st speech. Because yes, yeah. I'm their godfather, and it's just going to be a slideshow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's going to be Exhibit 25. <laughs> well, you bring that up, Richard. If you look at the photo album that my mum compiled, the book week each year, there's like a montage of me and my brother crying. There's the source of her name, with tears streaming down our face. There's Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer with tears streaming down the face. And it went right on into adulthood. I mentioned that she dressed me as a gypsy for a friend's 21st. I was a bit too priority, I thought. Uh, but there was also, um, maybe the PS response was on Up Day in the mm. world. She helped with my polar bear costume. Oh, right. She turned a lambskin into the chest hair, put me in other boots, and actually went and bought a real live 12-pound cod and put it on a string on a stick. Fantastic. Got, got sent home by the school. <laughs> really? And in fact, was the second person in two years to be sent home by the school. I was sent home because of the smell of the cold. <laughs> the guy the year before was sent home for dressing up as Rambo and bringing in live ammo. <laughs> well, what a legend. I think we've all got to... It's, so the photo album still exists. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Yes, I'm thinking all the shots for your books. I mean, one on a different one every book you do. It's a Yeah. Well, I've got some. Uh, I'm hoping the photo albums have been incinerated at my place because till I was seven, I was brought up by my mother and my grandmother who hated each other and lived in a house like split down the middle. Nice. Wouldn't talk to each other. And there was sort of a competition to see who could dress me up more. So my mum would go, right, so she's dressing him up as a sailor suit. Right, yeah. Little Lord Fauntleroy time. <laughs> and so I just be sent to school. Apparently I went to school in the 17th century. <laughs> Pantaloons, stockings, and enormous buckled shoes. <laughs> All the your chimney sweeping. In the photos, of course, you have to turn them round the other way because in every shot I've been dunked into a toilet. <laughs> but, you know, that was, I guess, the late 60s. So we're going way back there. Wow. Early 70s, rather. Ed Cavalier. Uh, you yeah, well, obviously my sister and I got around in sailor suits for a long time. Sailor suits. I refused to wear the little hat with the bow hanging off the side, which meant that if I didn't wear it, I'd have to wear the sailor suit the next day and then the next day until I agreed to wear the hat, and then I could go back to my regular programming. But I also, I didn't have, I grew up just with my older, I have many brothers and sisters, but I, I met them throughout the years. I've been sure. scattered throughout my life. Uh, but my sister I grew up with, which means she was the only one I had any hand-me-downs to get stuff from, sorry. Sure, sir. <laughs> I don't have 
many Care Bear shirts you had when you were a kid, man. <laughs> but I had my fair share of tattered <laughs> rainbow numbers. How you were so across the Care Bear lore on this show. I knew it. Did you have, um, was it on this show that you broke the story about... Um, was it Catherine Peter Jones or one of the major celebrities yeah. put her son in a bikini? Yes. Oh, no, it's Elizabeth Hurley. Elizabeth Hurley was yeah. modelling her new range of women's underwear or bikinis by getting her son to wear them on the website. Oh. That wouldn't get back to him at school. What is it? I don't. All right, I think we've uh, yeah. given therapists has got to come in. So let's get to some callers. I'm sure the listeners can talk even these sailor uh, suit stories. Call us up. Tell us what you were forced to wear as a kid. One triple three five three. here at Triple M. Tony Martin, Ed Cavalier, Richard Martin, co-hosting for this hour. Tony Wilson. Everyone in this room has been traumatized by clothing they were forced to wear as a youngster. Who else is hurting out there, Ed? Good day, Rick. Good day, mate. How are you? Oh, I'm good, bro. Tell us what happened. Oh, I think I should have used a uh, fake name, but uh, my brother and I. He's Two years younger than I am, uh, we were forced to wear light blue safari suits. And where were you forced to go in the Greek? To Nan's place or just out various and yeah, out of the After your mum could show you off, right? Oh, yeah, I think so. Maybe just show how silly she can dress us on. Was she just a really big Gareth Evans fan? <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, you know, have you still got them? I mean, wouldn't it be a great look now at a family reunion? You and the brother were to show up in the safari suits. Uh, Tony, no. No, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. They were buried. Thank you, Rick. G'day, Lynn. How are you going? Um, well, thank you. What were you forced to wear? Um, I grew up in the era of the fancy dress costume party, yeah. and we had this brilliant big dice costume, which was a box. <laughs> Painted white with the numbers, and the only holes were for your head and legs. I and every party I never got the treat and never got the take-home lolly bag because I couldn't carry it anyway. Yeah, well. Did you ever show up at a party and someone else had come wearing a giant dice costume as well? How embarrassing. No, never, never. And the two of you could just throw yourself down a corridor. <laughs> no, unfortunately, no one else was inventive as my big sister. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm watching I go as today. I'll tell you what, love, let's roll the dice. <laughs> <laughs> well, can we go better than a giant dice costume? Thank you, Lynn. Hi, Deborah. How are you? I'm well, thanks. How are you guys? We're, we're good. What, what were you forced to dress in? Well, my mother, I think, wants a bit too much Partridge family, and yeah. she dressed the whole family in the same themed outfit. It was the of hot pants, the early 70s, and um, I white skivvies are very versatile. They went with everything. So white skivvies, purple hot pants, and um, not my dad, of course. Yeah, well. I was getting. <laughs> I'm thinking Von Pratt's myself. <laughs> what number were you in, if, if you have to match yourself up with the Von Pratt's? Yeah, but I was the eldest, the eldest girl. Um, the sweet guy. White skivvy. Purple top pants. <laughs> and white boots. <laughs> well, I don't know. That's We've got to get a photo for the website of everyone on this show in that gear. All right, so we've got... I've got skivvies and I've got white boots. Now, it needs something to tie it together. 
That is a beautiful mental picture. Thank you very much, uh, Deborah. Hi, <laughs> Cameron. How are you, oh, How are you going, sir? Yeah, not too bad. All right, what were you forced to dress in? Um, back in well, when I was in grade six, we had a worst dressed male competition. Yeah. And my sister dressed me up as a prostitute, didn't she? What were you getting about in Cameron? I had six inch steel, uh, six inch stilettos, mm. fishnets, fishnet stockings, mm. a little tiny uh, mini skirt. Mm. What exactly are you work by yelling out behind you there? Uh, yeah, nothing we can sound right yet. Oh, no, damn it. <laughs> Good on, mate. <laughs> Good on. Thank you, Cameron. Uh, Mr. Like Craig. Hello, Scott. How are you? Hey, guys. How are you going? Oh, excellent. What, did you, what were you forced to wear? Um, I'm just getting over it now, about 20 years, that my mum made me go to school in fifth class in her red corduroy boat shoes. Oh. She used to dress me in those little brown candles, and I used to hate it, so I used to go purposely break them. And after about six pairs, she said, well, I'll fix you. And she sent me to school in her red corduroy boat shoes. <laughs> Were you the hit of the playground, Scott? And I never walked again. Yeah, it's probably a good word. Yeah. <laughs> well, wearing your mum's shoes to school. I think we have time for one more. Abomination, who's in it? Okay, hi, um, Tony, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, mate, yourself? Uh, well, I'm Scott. What are we forced to wear, bro? Um, we were, me, my brother, and my sister, uh, were skivvies. Skivvies. Yeah, like the early wiggles. <laughs> What kind of skimmy were you sporting? I was supporting the purple one. The purple. Well, uh, yeah. Could be worse. Could be taupe. Could be mustard. Could be okra. <laughs> Those are the only colours we had. Really? Every single variation of baby ship. We had skivvies in all of those colours. Could be Candone, Sydney Harbour, Grinch. That's what you really want to avoid in the skivvy department. I'm like, thank you, everyone. Well, let's see, we're celebrating the Spring Fashion Week in fine style here at Triple M. Uh, now, next up, I think we've got a bit of water cooler talk. Oh. Or we may check in with a nearly forgotten celebrity. That'll be next to get this. That'll be the John Butler trio here at Get This on Triple M, where writer and broadcaster Tony Wilson is with us. Uh, his novel, Players, is still in the shops. That's a fine old read. Almost considered a classic these days. Thank you, Tony. But what about a follow-up? How's that coming along? Chapter 2 have been written now, <laughs> and uh, that means I'm up to 6,500 words, and they're dripping out like a chapter that hasn't been fixed. Wow. There's so many uh, books that you're working on, and I think the favourite book you've told us about when you came in here one time was when you had a radio rating book. Oh, yeah, I got one of those. Wow. Uh, not a bad procrastinatory tool if you can pick one up. Yeah. Uh, mostly you have to follow your week in radio, yeah. both fictional and non-fictional, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, fill it out as you go along. And here's something else that uh, I'm not sure that radio stations do it anymore, but uh, certainly record companies and market research companies 
will call you up at home and just play you seven seconds of a song. You ever had that happen? No. Okay, this is a new album we're putting out. What do you think of this? And I'll play seven seconds. Yeah. And you sort of rate it from one to five. Nikki Hamilton, our producer, used to do that. Before she got a, became a knocked up, uh, knocked up off mic radio presenter. <laughs> it's her other job. Isn't it likely that you're gonna that the survey will be skewed in favour of lonely people? So <laughs> only lonely people will take the call, which happens with all telemarketing. <laughs> and, then, and then you've got lonely people. Can we trust lonely people's music taste? There's also that thing where they play you 30 bits, and for about the first seven or eight, you're into it, and by 25, you just hate all of the selections. Yeah. <laughs> six, six, booking, no! Uh, we were suggesting that this job of sitting in a booth and playing excerpts from albums to people could be yet another possible job for Bob Geldof, because we're always trying to find work. He needs for Bob. work. He does need He's doing work. it these days. He's and then sitting on a plane. Uh, how would that go, Rich? <laughs> Hello, this is um, Bob Geldof calling from Bob Geldof from the, the TV commercial. The rather unpleasant gentleman sitting on the airplane. You surely see that. I don't know what you're talking but, about. Well, don't worry yourself about it because I'm just going to do a few um, market research questions. No, no, what, what is this about? Um, just a few of Read for the younger reader and possibly the older reader who has trouble with 
Give us the